This is the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, a show where professional wrestling and sports entertainment is discussed on a weekly basis. There are big event predictions and talk of what is liked and what is loathed. A show that does not cater to any one promotion, but rather welcomes all enjoyable content. With that in mind, here are Seth Zillman, Jared Aubrey, and Josh Weiner, also known as Xandrax Prime, and your host, Southpaw Josh. Welcome in. This is episode 319. As we talk Royal Rumble results, Royal Rumble prediction results, and then we begin the discussion on the official road to WrestleMania. But before we can get to any of that, Seth, Jarrett, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Rumble was, uh, had a lot of fun. There was a lot of filler stuff in there too, but overall, I mean, given some of the action we got, it's hard not to give it anything but a big thumbs up. Yeah, the rumbles were fun. The The bloodline stuff is amazing. We're getting a lot of great storyline and promo work, especially over the last few weeks that we probably haven't gotten in an awful long time. So for once again, I'm having fun watching wrestling, lads. You know what I could say about the rumble? That it was one of those pay-per-views where you just wanted to get to the main event but at least this time we had some fun on the way while we were waiting instead of having pure crap and then just waiting for the main event to happen. And so we started things off with the men's Royal Rumble. Not too many surprises in this Rumble. Uh, We had... I guess I should have had my piece of paper where I wrote everything down for the entrance. But um, we had Booker T. We had Logan Paul, which I went over last episode. Um, I think there was one other. I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, the winner, as we had all predicted, was number 30, Cody Rhodes. I seem to recall hearing, I don't know if it came from Meltzer or what, but the reason why Cody was 30 was because he like only got cleared like the day before. So they didn't want him to do too much. And that's not even getting into the whole, a guy comes in at 30 and wins. It's kind of hard to get behind a guy that does that. But I mean, I think that's why they had so many guys still in at the end, because there were like seven or eight guys just by the time Cody hit the ring. Not to mention having a mini match with Gunther. Yeah. I I can't help but think that WWE might do something like this. I'll keep this short, but because uh, uh, I think New Japan did it last year for what they call their uh, uh, rando. You know, it's, it's like their kind of a gimmick battle royal where it was supposed to be the last four guys in the ring would then compete the following night for their King of Pro Wrestling title. And Toru Yano, who's known for being a bit of a coward and a bit uh, of a uh, comedy guy, uh, right before he came out, one guy got, the last of the guys got thro- thrown out, so there were three in the ring. 
So he came in. He was the last one. So he didn't even do anything. And he was part of the winners. I can't help but think WWE is going to do something like that one day where guy comes in at number 30, like as numbers 28 and 29 tumble over the top rope together. Oh, there'd be some upset people if that happened. Yep. Man, I I thought the rumble was all right. It wasn't spectacular, the, the men's rumble. Um, <clears throat> the I think we needed some more surprises. I mean, that's kind of what the, the anticipation of the Royal Rumble is all about. Booker T looked kind of old, if I have to say it. I mean, he hasn't been around for a while, but yeah, he, he was looking his age. Mm-hmm. Um, the Logan Paul and Ricochet thing, I mean, that was, everybody's talking about it, but that's a repeat of what um, Ricochet already did in NXT. That was with uh, Carmelo Hayes, wasn't it? They did that exact same spot. Yeah, uh, didn't didn't Punk do something like that a long time ago in WWE? I think. I just forget who it was with. Yeah. I mean, it was, great. it was a cool spot, don't get me wrong, but... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the NXT before. spot you're talking about is kind of more of a cross body instead of a double clothesline. Yeah, yeah. Still, yeah, still cool. But I'm I'm pretty sure Carmelo Hayes uh, tweeted with that gif saying something like, I did it first or something like that. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't help but think, uh, yeah. wasn't... Wasn't there a Knight Rider episode where Kit and Carr like both jumped in the air at each other and they collided in midair or something like that? Yeah, look at you with yeah. the '80s reference. Yeah, with the Knight Rider reference. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Anybody who anybody who's listening who caught that reference, congratulations, you're old. Oh, I caught it. That is, <laughs> Kit, man, that Kit was my jam back in the '80s. Oh yeah, Car. That was a, and Peter Cullen is the voice. Optimus Prime is a evil Car. Yep. Anyway, back to that. We need to do a classic memories on, on Kit or something or Night Rider. You're definitely fit for nostalgia trip, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. And the thing about Cody going getting back to the Rumble was we we all knew it was happening, right? Maybe not 30, but we knew he was winning. And so like you said, Josh, I think we we're kind of wanting to just to get to the main event. Right? We kind of knew what was happening. So we were all looking forward to the, to the bloodline uh, potential turmoil. And um, I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Even though I'm not getting the points, I want credit for being damn close by saying Ray Mysterio was going to be the shortest in the rumble and eliminated by his son. Cause I was pretty damn close. <laughs> if only he'd set foot in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> You can't get much shorter than, yeah, you can't get much shorter than nothing. Yeah. Then next we had a commercial for Mountain Dew and uh, neon paint and confetti, apparently, as uh, Bray Wyatt defeated L.A. Knight. I can't help but think they, somebody went back and saw Naomi's entrance and said, thought, let's make this into a match. That's really all I have to say about it. The less I have to say about this match, the better. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, yeah, it wasn't quite what was I expecting. Did, well, do I really know what I was expecting? I'm, I'm not really sure I knew what I was expecting, but <clears throat> I wasn't expecting that. Um, not that it was horrible. I, I did appreciate some of the things like Braille, why it looked amazing when you when you got the light on him and you saw the the detail in his, his um, I guess, his makeup work. To go along with the lighting was awesome. 
Um, but yeah, it was pretty much just a glow in the dark match. Um, Uncle Howdy looked like he missed his spot. He overshot his spot and it worked. But and again, but we all knew LA Knight wasn't going to win, right? So kind of everything's kind of rolling along as expected. It's like no real surprises in the wins in the wins losses. Um, we're still waiting to get to the main event here at this point. Patience, Padawan. <laughs> the one thing I'll say is coming out of this match, a lot of people online are crapping all over Bray Wyatt and the storyline saying that is he the most overrated of all time because of how long this is taking. And I just have to say, if you're enjoying the bloodline storyline, but you're losing patience with Bray Wyatt, then you need to pick a fucking side because you can't have it both ways. Um, I do think that they need to pick it up with the amount of information a little bit. There's he's bordering on too much being left to the imagination and we need some concrete clarity on some of this stuff. But I, I will say that I've not lost faith in the storytelling. I just needed to pick up the pace a smidge. Give us something. We are 2-0 and collectively, and uh, that trend does not stop. <laughs> but the next match was the Raw women's title match where Bianca Belair successfully defended against Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I can't uh, say this was anything close to like a match of the night or anything like that, but uh, I I don't think anybody expected Alexa to win. Uh, so I think I probably may have taken away from some of the drama, but you know, there certainly wasn't anything bad. I think there's a lot of people that expected it almost win, and that was, I think, both me and Josh included. We had a little hard time picking this one. Ultimately, had to go for the points and, and the brain, not the heart kind of thing, as we always talk about. I think this was, this was better than I expected it to be, and, and quite frankly, my ex- expectations were low. Not being a big fan of Bianca's, but appreciating her athleticism. And I'm going to drive that into the ground every time I talk about her, guys. Um, I was not expecting Alexa Bliss to be very good, but I did appreciate her aggression and her anger and should I say ruthless aggression? Can we go back to the nineties? Can I do that? (laughs) Why not? Everybody else seems to want to. (laughs) So that, that part was good. I mean, it it was a decent match, but, but again, um, no, as much as the heart may have wanted the, the brain knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I kind of found this a little on the lackluster side, uh, but then again, I had to, you know, tune back into my brain and, and realize that this, you know, Royal Rumble for the most part is filler. And they did the whole video uh, spot afterwards with all the Alexa and her playground stuff. Um, this is another part of the story that needs to pick it up a little bit because we're kind of getting into the repetitive law diminishing returns here. Uh, They even asked Bray Wyatt in the press conference afterwards about his connection to Alexa Bliss. 
and he teased something and cool and all, but let's let's hurry up and get to it, shall we? Because, yeah. Need something moved forward, let's just say. Uh, next, we had the Women's Royal Rumble, and there were more surprises in this one, obviously. Um, leading up to the event, they did release a couple of more names online, and so we had 12 announced the day of total they did an interesting uh thing where numbers one and number two were actually the last two involved in the match so that would have been rhea ripley and Liv morgan so it came down to probably one of the best rumble finishes i've seen between three people because it was actually oscar rhea and Liv. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of the finish. Yeah, this is not the first time they've done something like that with the one and two still being at the end. I think they did that with uh, Shawn Michaels and Bulldog one year, although I think that was a time when the uh, rumble was only one-minute intervals. Uh, and this one's supposedly 90 seconds. I mean, if you sat there with a stopwatch, you probably would have driven yourself nuts because they're definitely, it was definitely not regular 90 minute, 90 second intervals. They were somewhere shorter, somewhere longer, but yeah, it, uh, it was a good finishing sequence. Uh, the men's rumble had a good finishing sequence as well, because we all knew Cody was going to win, but for a split second, right when Cody was getting tossed over and you saw his legs start to flap up, I thought, holy crap. But, of course, then he then he got back in, but it, it it is cool when they have those last two in the ring, and it almost becomes like a match in its own right, just with a over the top rope finish instead of a pinfall. Well, we definitely got some more surprises in the women's match. NXT heavy, but some names that we didn't expect, so that was good to see. And it doesn't have to be all surprises, right? But just a few sprinkled in is is good, and that's what we've got. Finally. If I could do a rock voice, I would do it, but I can't, so I won't. But finally, Rhea gets the big win, and I'm looking forward to another big celebration at WrestleMania when she actually wins the title and beats Charlotte once and for all. That would be fantastic. But yeah, I like the finish. I'm, I would have thought maybe Rhea perhaps would have been a little bit more, um, uh, what's we're looking for, uh, dominant. She spent a lot of time kind of in the corner, chilling out. And maybe that was part of the perceived strategy. I don't know. But with her size and power, I would have liked to have seen her wrecking people and setting some records and things. That would probably be my, my real only complaint about the match. Yeah, she did throw out the most, but she didn't break the record. She came one short of a three-way tie and two short of setting the new record. And she didn't even start eliminating numbers five, six, and seven until close to the end of the match. So, yeah, that was a little little odd path to take, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Uh, before we get to the main event, I would like to say that I was able to pull something off during the men's Royal Rumble. And um, I at least impressed two members of my family by doing it. So when... The Judgment Day, all three members, uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio were in the match already. And we got to number 24. And I'm thinking, 
this is probably going to be edge here. And so when the, when the countdown timer comes up with 10 seconds to go, I say to my wife and my daughter, I said, let me see if I can pull this off. You think you know me. And then it was three, two, one. You think you know me. And uh, I was able to do it. And uh, my 12-year-old thought it was creepy that I did that. And, of course, my wife always thinks that I should be writing for WWE. You may have watched one or two of these before, eh, Josh? Yeah, you know, you've been a fan, when you've been a fan for uh, over 30 years, you uh, kind of get a knack for this stuff. <laughs> so then we got to the main event, the undisputed universal WWE title match between our tribal chief, Roman Reigns, and the challenging Kevin Owens, where Roman did, in fact, go over. And let's not get it twisted. This was a good match, but it's not what we were waiting for. It was the aftermath that we were waiting for. And, oh, boy, did we get some aftermath. So uh, I'll turn it over to you guys, and then I will give my thoughts at the end. Yeah, this definitely exceeded expectations as far as post-match. I think we all were expecting some sort of turn or something that would have been one of the big things that would lead to the turn. And I like how some fans noticed that it was almost a direct parallel to when Seth Rollins turned on the shield and hit Roman with the chair. Like like Roman sold it like almost the exact same way. And then, of course, they all got beat down. And I know I had predicted Sammy to be in the Rumble and that he would do well, but it is probably from a storytelling point better that he was not in the Rumble because if he was in the Rumble, people would have probably wanted to see him win. And plus, Roman even hinted, he said, what, what was it, uh, Saturday's going to be your final test or something to that effect, um, which makes sense with him being in, in Roman's corner. So um, again, it's this, this is one of the best angles, not just WWE, but just about any promotion has done in a long time. And I know fans are saying that it should be Sammy at, at Mania, but I think the story just makes more sense with it being Sammy and Kevin Owens going after the tag titles, because otherwise what's Kevin Owens going to do at Mania? So I don't know if I could say anything else about the angle or the fallout on Braun SmackDown that hasn't already been said. I I expect that uh, crowd at Elimination Chamber to just be you know beyond uh, ecstatic, beyond dynamite, you might say, no pun intended. But yeah, just top to bottom, it's one of the best post-match beatdowns and angles there's been in a very long time. Real quick on the crowd in Montreal. I fully expect them to eclipse Chicago from 2011 Money in the Bank. Well, especially that there's so much that's going to happen too, right? But we'll talk about that when we get to Elimination Chamber. What I thought was really cool about this post-match thing, which, like Seth said, was one of, if not the best post-match beatdowns ever done. And kind of the theme that we're talking about 
all the show so far is that we've been waiting to see what's been happening or what's going to happen at the, after the main event. So it's like everybody dug in, right? Everybody just kind of everybody sat there, looking matches over, and they all got quiet. And they all just waited. And they're going to see what's happened. So Kevin starts getting beat up. It's like, yeah, okay, we know this. He gets handcuffed to the ropes. And he takes a, an absolute super kick beating from the Usos. And then the moment with the chair happens when Roman hands the chair to Sammy or holds out his arm with the chair and you hear the crowd go, Oh, right. Yeah, he knew exactly where that was going. I think that he did. Roman <laughs> was going to be like, yeah, you're right. This is believe beneath me. So you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, does it get any more <laughs> controlling uh, cult leader than it does that with that? Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Right, so then Sammy plays it perfectly, right? He takes a chair, he does all the hesitating, the worried looks, the facials were great, the body language was fantastic. And then it was just gold, Roman pivots, and then perfectly positions himself to get in between or just to the side. And then, and what a spot for the chair shot. And then the crack from the chair hits, crowd loses their mind, right? And then... You hear the shotgun of the super kick from Jimmy onto Sammy right in there. And like, oh, crowds all. And, and of course, then the beat down to Sammy begins. And it gets quieter again. It's like, oh, no, this is getting serious, right? These guys are really kicking the crap out of Sammy. Probably worse than, yeah, well, maybe not worse, but like they were with Kevin. And then we get, you know, the the moment with, with Jay. Like, holy cow. Let's talk about like full circle storytelling here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't see that that part coming, but it still makes oh, no. sense. Not at all. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's like, okay, dude, hey, who said, why aren't you helping us with this? And, and you can just see him in the corner. You can just see the conflict in his face, right? Like he did it. He pulled it off beautifully. You know, the, the duck and roll out of the ring and the crowd. Oh, the crowd hit all the moments, right? They were right along in there with, with what was going on in the ring. It was just turned into you know and then Roman's looking all confused and 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 you know Jimmy's like what the hell and he's all freaking out and and Paul Heyman's practically crying in the corner <laughs> like as he's watching everything fall apart and it, like I don't know how much more perfect that can get like that was so well done guys like that's man oh like I could probably talk a lot more about that but just all those high notes they hit perfectly everybody from KO taking a pounding to to Sammy with know the the acting job he did to all the the moments that got hit through that like what a segment that was just crazy and and i had heard uh posts from people who were there live at the building and that pop when sammy hit hit roman with the (laughs) uh with the chair they said it it was like it was like a rattling it was like the, the the pop was so loud that the uh like like the the entire building felt like it was shaking so that that had to be pretty amazing yeah that's all i got josh what do you got yeah we could probably do a whole episode on how great this storyline's been i will just throw in before i get to my public apology (laughs) uh, i will throw in my little tiny minute nitpick it has really nothing to do with the storyline it's just kind of overall in general when this happens to baby faces and i know it wasn't part of this story and i know it wouldn't have helped the story at all but it's just my own little personal thing 
you mean to tell me that there wasn't one person in the back that could come out and help? Not one. And I know it didn't need to be, but it's just my own personal little thing. I hate when baby faces are in peril and nobody comes out to save them. Agreed. Even if it was three or four guys that are just left in a pile outside the ring. Right. I would have been fine with that. Just some effort would be nice. (laughs) I I mean, I guess you could argue if you wanted to. It's like, do I really want to run out there and face all five of the bloodline? Like, probably not. Well, here's the thing. Cody was on the bump on Wednesday, and he said something along the lines of, I was torn on going out there or respecting the guys who were in there or something to that effect. And I was like, it's a little wishy-washy, but all right. But that's part of the thing for, in order for this to succeed, Cody and Sammy need to be far, far away from each other. Yeah. Oh, one, one other note before I forget it, guys, is um, one of the things I read about that segment is it became um, must-see TV backstage. It's like, it was essentially backstage shutdown and everybody crowded around monitors the nearest TV they could find. Just everybody was locked on this segment. It was quite something to see, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Apparently something was going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my public apology, I owe both of you guys an apology. Uh, when we've been discussing all the different ways that this can go, you guys both said that, well, uh, you know, either the bloodline turns on Sammy or Sammy turns on the bloodline. And, and you made the case for Sammy turning on the bloodline. And I was like, no, no, no. If this, if Sammy's going to be a baby face, it has to be the bloodline turning on Sammy, not Sammy <laughs> turning on the bloodline. So uh, you guys were right. I was wrong. And uh, I'm probably not going to say that too often. So enjoy it while <laughs> you can. Just to say this is on multiple recordings for posterity. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess they were able to make it work. Who knew? Trust the process. (laughs) Well, and that's what you have to say to the Bray Wyatt people like you touched upon, right? Is For a while, we were a little bit upset with the bloodline anger that it wasn't moving fast enough. And then you hang in there and you let the seeds get planted. And then when everything's ready and it sprouts, it's like, holy shit, here we go. Game on. And that's what the bloodline angle has done. Once they get all those pieces into place and planted everything, and now it was go time. And look what's happened in the last six weeks. Yeah. It's been amazing. Amazing TV. There were five matches for Royal Rumble. And as I had mentioned last episode, we all picked the same thing. So we were either going to have a whole bunch of points and all be correct or some variation in there between because we all picked the same thing. So before I got into calculating our statistical points. We were all five and zero with 32 points. I'm not going to go into each and every category. Otherwise this is going to be a two and a half hour show, but (laughs) I will say that Jarrett, you did the thing that I did last year with the women where you had picked 10 and you got five, right. And five wrong. So that equaled out to zero. (laughs) And uh, I will give you, Jarrett, also kudos for getting Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley correct as your one and two. And so, uh, Jarrett, this is going to be slightly different than from what I had originally gave you a heads up on because I 
recounted because I wanted to make sure I got everything correct. And uh, so, Seth, you had your 32 points from the pay-per-view. Everything totaled together left you with negative five from (laughs) the stats. So that left you with 27 points. Uh, Jarrett, you also had 32 points, and your stats finished up at plus nine for 41 points. And I had 32 points, and I ended up with plus 10. For oh, boo. Recount my ass. <laughs> I had forgotten that I put Johnny Gargano as my Iron Man, and therefore I had to insert him in as a surprise entrant because he wasn't technically announced. Um, and if it wasn't for them pushing Gunther, I might have had my Iron Man spot, even though like four others uh, finish with longer times than Johnny. But I thought they were I thought they were going to help me out, but they did not. Before we get into the road to WrestleMania and everything we've seen between the Rumble and tonight, uh, overall thoughts on the show. Yeah, like I said at the top of the show here, I mean, it's hard not to give the show a, a strong thumbs up because while there was a lot of filler, I mean, five matches over four or five hour show, and then they just have video packages as well as just commercials to pad out the other stuff. But if you're able to fast forward through all that stuff and, you know, it's kind of like how I like to say a three hour raw makes for a nice hour of television. Uh, it was kind of a similar thing with this, but the the fact they had so much good action in the Rumble matches themselves, as well as the main event. I mean, yeah, it was a really good show. I'd say it, uh, it exceeded my expectations. You could have an entire show full of midget wrestling and then have them all get chucked around by other people and then have it all be garbage and then have the main event and the main event would have saved the show and it still would have been a thumbs up. I'm sorry. I meant no disrespect to midgets. That's the first thing that popped into my mouth. That main event was so good, but I mean, the rumbles were good. Um, perhaps the, the lights out match and, and the women's title match wasn't as good as we thought it could be, but those all even out rumbles mostly even out. And then the main event gets, if I'm, if I'm Simon Miller, I'm giving it the golden thumbs up, right? Like that was just, that was pretty much utter perfection. So yeah, definitely liked it. Agreed. Agreed. Now in the television that we've seen since we, there's been two Monday night raws and a SmackDown. We had one good thing from the post-match of the Rumble main event, and that was I did not want Kevin Owens on TV this week. And truth be told, if they do it right, you can keep Kevin off TV until Elimination Chamber. That way everybody's kind of got him out of mind until another beatdown on Sammy, and then Kevin makes the save, potentially, I guess, from the Usos. And that will get us to what is likely the tag team match for WrestleMania. I will say uh, one thing that I never thought I would say, and that's thank you, JBL, for disowning Baron Corbin tonight on Raw. Oh, God, I was going to talk about that. Oh, it so, made me so happy. <laughs> he actually called Baron Corbin. Well, he said, he said he, meaning JBL, was must-see television during his championship uh, record-breaking SmackDown run. 
but that Baron Corbin was channel changing television and no truer words were ever spoken. Oh, I was so happy. Big smile. Oh, I wanted to just crawl into my TV and, and give JBL a big hug. <laughs> Which is not something we would say very often. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So going into Elimination Chamber, or Jarrett for those in French Canada, how, how would we say it? Uh, something like uh, Chambre de Elimination. Exactly right. And that's what I have on my prediction sheet for uh, that pay-per-view. And uh, that's actually what the episode will be called, too. So I, I'm Nice. I, I, and I'll give myself an 8 out of 10 for the French there, actually. That wasn't too bad. So we only have, you know, obviously we're going to do our predictions episode in, in a couple of uh, weeks. Uh, well, no, I don't want to say a couple of weeks because it's a week from Saturday. But two episodes from now, we will be doing our Elimination Chamber predictions. Hopefully the, uh, well, we do have four confirmed matches and finalized Chamber matches. So maybe they might add a fifth match. I'm not sure. These pay-per-views are starting to remind me of NXT takeovers where they just topped out at five matches, which is okay. Nothing wrong with that as long as they're, you know, you put some story into it and give them time and, and let them breathe a little bit. And that formula is obviously proven to work. So we've got the women's elimination chamber match for the number one contendership where the winner faces Bianca Belair at WrestleMania since Rhea chose Charlotte. We have a tag team match playa that was announced on Raw tonight with Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on Finn Balor and the aforementioned Rhea Ripley. The men's elimination chamber match is for the United States title. And I guess making the pick for that will be based on whether you think the rumored match of Austin Theory versus John Cena at WrestleMania needs the United States Championship in it or not. And then, of course, we have what will be the main event, the undisputed WWE Universal title match between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. So how are we feeling on this road stop, pit stop, whatever you want to call it, to WrestleMania with an actual meaningful February pay-per-view. Shocker. Yeah, a lot of that looks good on paper. The thing I guess that I find the most interesting is the men's elimination chamber match being for a U.S. title shot. And I'm not complaining because you could make the argument that that's adding prestige to the title by having this big gimmick match before before it for to, to choose the contender no no this is a title match this is Austin. Oh, okay so austin's defending the title. five others okay uh, well still that, that... Said, make, picking a winner on this will depend on how you feel about the rumored match of austin theory versus john cena whether or not it needs the united states title to have that match or not right uh, but even even if it is for the title it's still I think is attempt to add prestige to the title. So I, I'm certainly not complaining that, that they're doing that. Obviously I think Sammy should lose in the main event. They'll probably get, get of us a, a visual pinfall of some sort, but uh, it'll be very interesting to watch that crowd and see if they can have Roman win without there being some sort of riot on their hands. Now, what a ride this is going to be from Royal Rumble to 
Elimination Chamber. So, I mean, at, at Royal Rumble, you literally had chance of, again, pardon my French, but fuck you, Roman. Right? There's, they've gone from heels to maybe 60-40 baby faces now to huge heels again. Of course, leading into Sammy being in his in his hometown. But we still got a lot of TV to get there too, right? So we've like think of what's happening right now. You know, Jay was gone from SmackDown. Nobody could find him. Solo and Jimmy couldn't find him. Roman hadn't heard from him. Paul couldn't get a hold of him. They got a title match coming up in four days. So what's that going to be like? Is Jay going to be there? Is he going to be bloodline committed? Is it going to be a, a gong show? I have no idea. That's going to feed into, of course, the following as well. And can the bloodline trust him, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be so, going to be so cool. The only thing about Elimination Chamber is like it's going to look great on paper. It's like you guys just talked about the, the U.S. title. The fact that it's for the title is, is really cool. Like you said, it props the title. The only thing is, it's still status quo until they get to WrestleMania, right? And we're probably all going to go 4-0, 5-0 again, um, with the exception of maybe the men's elimination cha- uh, chamber match, because we all know what's going to probably happen at WrestleMania, and they've, they've got to maintain that until we get there. So unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of, I know what's going to happen, and we're just waiting for the stuff to happen, right? It'll be, we're waiting for the main event again, and we're waiting to see what happens with Roman and Sammy. Is Kevin going to show up? Who gets beat down? What happens? Where's Jay? All this kind of stuff. So I think we're going to be in the same situation as, as Royal Rumble, perhaps. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they how they play it out. But again, with good matches to get you there. Because yes, in between the opener, whatever that will turn out to be and that main event we get beth phoenix versus rhea ripley in a match yes we do so, as long as there's no hardy yeah Ugh. terrible even people backstage didn't like that <laughs> it's like when are they gonna learn that from wcw that that never works yeah the only way the only time it kind of sort of works is when they're doing a live entrance theme yeah, but an, an impromptu concert, unless it's a huge name and it's good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we don't need a huge name that we roll out on a gurney because they can't get there any other way. <laughs> Propped up. So, like I said, I guess for the Elimination Chamber for the men, for the United States title, it's do you think if we're getting Austin Theory versus John Cena – Obviously, Cena is going to do the job for theory. Does that mean he's just going to retain at Chamber and retain at Mania? Or is John going to defeat Austin Theory? And John, being part-time, obviously is not going to defend the United States title. So then if Cena is going over, then you have to pick a new champion at Elimination Chamber. So then you're... You have a one in five chance of being correct there. So <laughs> there's all kinds of variables that you have to consider when you're making your prediction. Indeed. Especially if Scott Steiner's one of the combatants. But, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think if there'd be like maybe Cena shows up on a, a Titan Tron or something like that or whatever they call their stage. And that could distract theory or something to that effect. Uh, because I, I agree, if it is for the title, then I don't see 
Cena winning the title. Um, or unless they, you know, he maybe he wins it on night one and loses it on night two or something like that. I wouldn't like it if they did that. But if it's not for the title, then you can have uh, one where Cena does win, but they can do it in a way that will still make Austin Theory look good. Now, I think if he has a very good, very dramatic match with Cena, that I think people will take him more seriously. Seth, this is Austin Theory we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also Triple H's vision for Austin Theory and not the golden child, Vince McMahon's boy <clears throat> that we had at the at the beginning of 2022. Yeah, although we're getting the same result, though. <laughs> and then the other thing that we have to consider is how the main event ends. You know, Seth, you mentioned about a visual pinfall that may not count. But do we give Sammy the win via DQ or count out where they can pop for the win until they realize he didn't win the title? Or do we just have Roman do Roman things and Roman retains based on, you know, some bloodline chicanery? And, yeah, you know, or uh, a dusty finish where they tease Sammy actually winning, but then the, the a decision gets reversed or something to that effect. See, that's dangerous, though, because of the mm-hmm. whole, then you want to see it run back at WrestleMania. If you do that thing that, that, you know, like they did with Chris Jericho when he beat Triple H, and then they took it away like 30 minutes later on TV, Mm-hmm. you run a huge risk of having the crowd turn and who they would turn on is would be Cody eventually. And you really don't need that to happen. I think however this ends, it's got to be something with the Usos specifically because that's how you're going to get to Sammy and Kevin. They have to do it in such a way that the crowd's going to be okay with it and not feel like they're being disappointed by not getting Sammy in the main event against Roman at WrestleMania. So like I've said, I have full confidence and faith and trust in that they will tell this story correctly. I just don't know how specifically we're going to get there, but it has to, it'll have to be something that intertwines the Usos with Sammy and KO. And like I said, you keep KO off television in an ideal world until the Elimination Chamber, because it's also his hometown as well, Montreal. Well, that rescue pop would be amazing. So any other theories, no pun intended, (laughs) uh, (laughs) things that you've enjoyed on television, as I touched on the JBL thing, disowning Baron Corbin was chef's kiss. Brilliant. (laughs) Um Anything else that you've seen or read about that you want to chime in about before we call it a day? I think WWE should also be given credit for another good story that they're having. The the story with uh, Judgment Day and uh, Dominic and Edge and all that. Obviously, it's probably going to turn out to be Ray versus Dom at uh, Mania. That's actually a really good story, too. I've, I've said before. Over the past couple of weeks, I like how they're implying that it's uh, Rhea 
that is manipulating Dom the most. I think I think it's a nice touch that they do it that way. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how long he stays heel because I would imagine when this runs its course in a year or so that uh, Dom will get turned on and Rio will dump him or, you know, not just figuratively, probably literally as well. You know, she could probably suplex him off a, uh, off stairs or something, but it'll be interesting to see where that angle goes as well. So that's not one, but two really good angles that WWE is doing right now. Oh, speaking of banging off stairs, let me, I would be remiss oh, God. if I did not mention those spots with Roman thwarting Kevin Owens' head oh, yeah. off of the steel steps. Holy crap. I was fully waiting for blood to start pouring out of the back of his head. Holy crap, was that that, that, that gave me flashbacks to the uh, car door scene with uh, Kingpin and the Daredevil TV show. That was now that was actually gory. They didn't, but yeah, if you watch the Daredevil move, uh, the Daredevil series, uh, you'll know what I mean when it comes to the car door scene. Yeah, that was pretty brutal, and I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever seen that particular spot before but you're right josh i was expecting just the the stairs to be just <laughs> covered in blood when he was picked back up and so that was that was pretty sweet really well done i haven't really read anything too much um i'm just trying to figure out and wrap my head about uh wrap my head around whether um what's going on with with jay and you know, if we're we're thinking that it's you know Sammy and Kevin versus you, some of the WrestleMania probably where they're going to lose their belts. Then, what happens between now and and then with him? Is it like he's if he's going to be defending the titles with Jimmy? Either it's going to be an estranged thing, and and you know they're not getting along obviously with what's going on, and that would be the reason why they lot they lose the titles. But I'm also wondering what's his role going to be. When, when Roman faces Sammy, right? When when the beatdown happens there, does he come back? And then do we get, I don't know, does he act like he's going to save Sammy and then realizes he needs to be part of the family and then goes and kicks Sammy's ass? Wouldn't that be awesome? So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that post-match segment at Elimination Chamber for sure. And here's the other thing. This all started with Jay. Yep. The entire thing with the bloodline started with Jay not wanting to acquiesce to the demands of Roman reigns. There's a smart word for mm-hmm. you. Um, and I had just happened to come across a TikTok video where they, the caption was Jay Uso heroes arc. And they hearken back to one of the first promos that he cut against Roman saying something along the lines of when they look at you, they know who you are. They know you're the tribal chief. They know you're the head of the table. When they look at me, they say, which one are you? Meaning that nobody can ever tell Jimmy and Jay Mm -hmm. apart, (laughs) which is hilarious because it's, obvious who is who yeah. but anyway <laughs> the point being yeah. that he was never considered anything but a twin and then that kick-started the whole 
arc of this great storyline that we're two plus years into. And, you know, whether he begrudgingly returns for this Friday's title defense or he no shows again until Elimination Chamber and maybe they, you know, give the Freebirds rule to where Solo can step in for Jay and they can have their match with uh, the not Banger Brothers. Um, that's, a, that's a whole it's a whole nother story that we're not going to get into. It'll be interesting. It, it's making everything must see TV now, unless your name is Baron Corbin. But um, <laughs> it, it's it's great. And everything is must watch now. And the only thing I can say from a comedy standpoint is when Roman was telling Jimmy and Solo to go look for Jay, like he was playing hide and seek in the arena, like he's somewhere. Mm-hmm. Go find him. Turn around and count to 10. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, here's your homework assignment for the next episode, because along with any news that might break, Uh, We are going to be discussing the greatest heel turns of all time in your mind. I have 10 plus an honorable mention. Oh, my God. Go through the archives. Go through the annals of history. It does not have to be WWE only. It could be any heel turn that you've seen. Rank what you got, and we will present on the next episode, which will be 320. And after that will be our predictions and preview for the aforementioned Elimination Chamber. So until then, thank you once again for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to the Wrestling Brethren Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast fix to hear the latest discussion from the Wrestling Brethren. You can visit us at TWBpodcast.com for posts and episodes. Visit the mothership, if you will, at BehindTheSquaredCircle.com, home of the Behind the Squared Circle Podcast Network. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and comments on Twitter at TWBP Show, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Behind the Squared Circle, and on Instagram at The Wrestling Brethren. You can follow Jared on Twitter at The Bacon Rev. You can follow Seth at Lord Zandrax, and you can follow Josh at Southpaw Josh. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you again soon with more from The Wrestling Brethren.